Would you pray with me? Oh God, your word is more precious to us than fine gold and sweeter than purest honey. As we turn to your scripture now, send your Holy Spirit to infuse your word with truth and grace so that the good news of your love would shine before our eyes and delight our senses, so that we cannot help but respond with wonder, faith, and trust. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ezra, chapter 3, verses 8 and 10 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord. In the second year after their arrival at the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel and Jeshua son of Josadak made a beginning, together with the rest of their people, the priests and the Levites and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to have the oversight of the work of the house of the Lord. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of families, old people, who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the shout of the joyful, the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. And now from the prophet Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the promise that I made when you came out of Egypt, my spirit abides among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold of mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. 
And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Some of you may remember that old folk tune, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be, ain't what she used to be, ain't what she used to be. The old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be many long years ago. I suspect that the Jewish people in our text this morning were singing a version of this song, although they were not singing about a horse, but their temple, which was but a pale shadow of its former self. The old Jerusalem temple, she ain't what she used to be many long years ago. You see, the year was 520 B.C., about 17 years after the first exiles had returned to Jerusalem from Babylon. If you recall, in 587 B.C., the Babylonians had conquered Judah, destroying Jerusalem and taking many of their people off into exile. Fifty years later, Cyrus the Great of Persia conquered Babylon, and he allowed many of the exiled peoples to return back to their homelands, including the Jews, although many chose not to return. When that first group of exiles did make it back to Jerusalem, they discovered a city in shambles. And when they set about trying to rebuild, they immediately encountered hostility and violence from some of their surrounding neighbors, especially the Samaritans to the north, who were not particularly interested in seeing the Jews regain any power. On top of that, the Jews who had remained behind in Jerusalem during the exile were not exactly overjoyed to see their long-lost countrymen who felt entitled to the land that they had been living on for the last 50 years. There was a lot of tension and enmity between these two groups, and they had very different opinions on how their broken nation ought to be run and who was entitled to what something we may know a little something about. But of course, the most devastating thing of all, the most heart-wrenching reality that they had to face was the fact that their temple, their place of worship was gone, just a pile of rubble. It was their temple that had been the greatest symbol of their community, of their faith, of the presence of Yahweh among His people. It was the temple that had given those people hope through difficult times, knowing that the living God was with them and that He would see them through, just as He had so many times before. You know, part of what was so painful about being in exile was being separated from the temple, and therefore they believed from the presence and power of God in their lives. Unfortunately, when they returned to Jerusalem, there was nothing to alleviate that pain as they found the temple in shambles. 
And so the returned exiles immediately set about rebuilding their lives and their city and, of course, their temple. But they encountered so many obstacles along the way. Funding and building supplies were incredibly hard to come by. Food was incredibly scarce because of severe droughts that they had to endure, which made it difficult to survive, much less rebuild. And of course, they were also in constant danger from those threatening peoples around them that didn't want to see them succeed. And as a result, there were many stops and starts as they attempted to rebuild their lives. But then in the year 520 B.C., inspired by the preaching of the prophet Haggai, real progress was made on beginning to rebuild the temple. And when they stopped to look at what they had done, many of the people shouted for joy so loudly that it could be heard from far away. But many of the older folks who were there who still remembered the original temple built by King Solomon, well, their eyes just filled with tears because the old Jerusalem temple, she ain't what she used to be. Perhaps some of us can empathize. After all, we too have been separated for so long from this sanctuary, the place that most symbolizes our church family and the God we serve. And while six months is nothing compared to 67 years, it's still a long time to be outside this sacred space of worship, not able to to see one another and hug one another and catch up on each other's lives and praise God together. And while some of us have made it back today into this temple, it's a pretty sparse gathering Most of our congregation is still in exile, some of whom may choose not to return. And on top of that, things have changed quite a bit since we last met, have they not? I mean, there's all kinds of new lighting up front. There's a giant microphone tower standing up front to get the organ. There's cameras around the sanctuary and a a video booth in the back. Some of you lost your pew. And there's no choir. Instead, there's a giant screen in the choir loft and no bulletins to hold. Heck, even the cross is still missing. And while I know that some of you really want to just shout for joy over being able to be back in this beautiful space and to worship God together, I know that for others of you, you feel more like shedding a few tears Because it seems that old Swickley Church, she just ain't what she used to be. But perhaps the prophet Haggai has something to say to us today, just as he did to the people in his time. For into their discouragement and their fears and their disappointment, Haggai spoke the word of the Lord saying, who among you remembers this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? But 
Take courage, says the Lord, and get to work, for I am with you. My spirit abides among you, so do not be afraid, for in a little while, just as I have done so many times before, I'm going to shake things up, and the future splendor of this house will be even greater than it was before, and I will make it prosper. And you know what? Haggai's words came true. For in the year 515 B.C., that temple was completely finished. And years later, Herod the Great would profoundly expand and enhance that temple complex into truly one of the greatest wonders of the ancient world so that people literally came from countries far away just to see it. Something Haggai's listeners could have never even dreamed. But of course, God had so much more in mind than just a nicer building. And half a millennium after Haggai's sermon, a young prophet came along saying and doing some pretty provocative things. And one day he entered into that temple and he really shook things up, driving out the money changers and throwing over their tables. And when someone asked him, what sign will you give us for what you are doing? Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. But of course, Jesus was not talking about the building. He was talking about himself. For you see, that Jerusalem temple was just an imperfect precursor to the true temple of God that was to come. The incarnate Son in whom all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And in Jesus, the true essence and purpose of that temple are fulfilled. For it is now in the person of Jesus Christ that we encounter the presence of the living God and we experience his grace and his mercy and his power in our lives wherever we happen to be, even in a mostly empty sanctuary, even if you're in your own home. And because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father and abiding among us by the power of the Holy Spirit, then we can trust that the promise made through Haggai so many years ago will be just as true for us today. Because in a little while, once again, God is going to shake things up around here and keep his promise and we will prosper again. Now, I know that things are not the way any of us want it right now. Worship is not the way we want it. Day on the lawn did not happen yesterday the way we wanted it to. Our schools, our jobs, our sports, our economy, our society, our world, none of it is the way we want it to be 
right now. And there are so many reasons to to become discouraged and to give up hope. But we have made an important beginning here this morning. One that deserves a shout for joy. Oh, I know it may seem really small. And there may be many stops and starts along the way as we seek to rebuild what has been lost. But we serve a living God who has promised to be with us and who once again will shake things up so that the future splendor of this place will be even greater than it was before. How do I know this? Because I believe in you. And I know that this church desires to work for the kingdom of God. That you want to make a difference in this world in Jesus' name. That you want to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them all that Jesus has commanded. That you seek to faithfully proclaim and faithfully live the gospel of Jesus Christ in grateful response to God's love. And I believe that God will honor that. But more importantly... I believe in Jesus, who is here with us this morning, whose spirit abides with us always, and who is still at work in our midst, bringing new life where there only appears to be death, and calling us to let go of our fear and our discouragement and our disappointment and follow Him. For the risen Savior is still on the move. And he loves to take small beginnings and transform them into something so much greater. Remember Jesus said the kingdom of God, it's it's like a mustard seed, which is oh so small. The tiniest of all seeds. But when you plant it and tend it, it grows into the greatest of all bushes so that all the birds of the air can come and make their nests there. And his church is proof of this. After all, Jesus took 12 bumbling nincompoops and he transformed them into a movement that shook up the whole world. And in a little while, Jesus will do it again. Just as he has been doing for 2,000 years, and he will continue to do. And that means that we who follow Jesus are always on the verge of transformation. Always just right around the corner from new life. Always just a step away from a future filled with hope. For if Jesus could overcome the bonds of death and raise up an indestructible temple of the Lord in three days, then anything is possible. So let us 
Take courage, says the Lord. And let us continue to work for the kingdom of God and to build up this community of disciples in whatever small ways we can. For even the smallest of seeds can be used by Jesus to do great things. And let us look forward to that day when we will all gather here together in this beautiful place with old friends and new and not an empty seat to be found. We won't even be wearing masks. And we're going to worship together with joy, celebrating what the risen Savior has done among us once again. And we are going to sing. Oh, how we are going to sing. So loud, it's going to be heard from far away. I can almost hear it now. Old Swickley Church, she ain't what she used to be. Now she's turned out to be better than she used to be. Old Swickley Church, she ain't what she used to be, and thanks be to God for that. May it be so. Amen.